0: Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off a role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. So anyways, you just listened to, well hopefully, if you haven't heard the bonus episode, we talked about Umbrella and Cody talked about his day, so now we're going to talk about what I've been doing recently and then go into the real episode. So first, I saw Battle Angel Alita. Cody hasn't seen it yet, so I won't spoil too much of it, but I thought it was fine, it did a good job matching the feel of the anime of the manga because it's not really an anime um and other than that no I, i thought it was really good i thought the graphics were great the character designs and stuff were just really excellent and my girlfriend who went with me said that like it really got her interested in actually reading the manga so i think the movie did what it was supposed to do say something so it doesn't just be like a stream of me talking
1: Hey everyone, this is Cody apologizing for my cell phone cutting out right in the middle of Jordan talking and ruining the flow of our podcast. We're going to get back into it in the least awkward way possible. So Jordan, what else, aside from Battle Angel Alita, have you been watching recently? Why do you have to do this to me every time? (laughs) Why do you always have to just... Instead of having a natural
0: flow, you have to tell... Like, this is an audio podcast. No one knows. No one has to know. But you can't just be natural about it. You just Jordan, have to make it as awkward as possible for me.
1: I don't know what the natural way to bring us back from my cell phone disconnecting for five minutes of just conversation Just be like, okay, is.
0: cool. It's like It's like, I'll have to check out Battle Angel Alita. I wanted to see it. You could have just made any any comment about the movie that was more natural than what you just did.
1: Okay, cool. I'll check out Battle Angel Alita. So, Jordan, what else have you been watching? I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to bury you alive one day. <laughs> Look, I'm just giving you takes that you can pick from at this point.
0: <laughs> I freaking hate. You. I'm leaving it in the first one because that's that's the natural flow of our show.
1: There's, it's just... That's you know, what you au- sound
0: like to me. That's what you say. Why do we do this? We're I at, don't know. I hope the audience knows that we're actually friends. Like, we actually kind of like <laughs> each other. Because you wouldn't you get that for say... listening to these episodes, because we rag on each other so hard. It, like I've listened to some words, like it sounds like I'm actually mad, but I'm like quietly laughing internally. I'm, like I'm fine.
1: I thought you were gonna say, "I hope the audience knows I'm actually mad at Cody this time." Like, oh, I'm oh sorry. No, no, no. I just like, don't know how to. I mean,
0: not you're like me I... to know in, but I don't hate you. But anyways, look, man. I feel like a child for doing this, but I bought Kingdom Hearts 3.
1: Oh, no. Mandy's gonna do, uh... She wants to do a Let's Play of it with Zach. She's really excited.
0: Oh, man, yeah. Her 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 friend Zach that I'm not allowed to... I'm not invited to hang out with you guys.
1: Jordan, you live in a different state. What do you mean you're not invited to hang out? No, I don't call you to get lunch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I live may like live four five hours, hours away, away, but huh i was i mean i live five hours away but i would still like to be invited every now and then
1: do you just want me to send you a text like hey jordan want to get lunch in 30 minutes <laughs> yeah that that would be nice man the, at least it tells me it at least tells me that you you're considering me you know what jordan um i'm getting lunch tomorrow with zach and caitlin and mandy and our babies if you want to come feel free um, oh yeah, that
0: sounds great what time
1: um, I don't know yet. I'll tell you about thirty minutes before we're gonna be there, because that's all the notice I can give.
0: Now, wouldn't it freaking blow your mind if I just showed up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it would be a little creepy, actually. Like, that don't you feel be better I, than yeah, you know?
0: like, I jokingly sent Jordan invitation. Hey guys, sorry I'm a little late. <laughs> it's like, how uh. is this possible? Okay, we are way off the rails. I am sorry. This is gonna be a different this is gonna be a different set of episodes. But anyways, so yeah, I bought Kingdom Hearts 3. Haven't played it yet, but I have been watching other people Twitch stream it. AKA instant three play slash Ryan, the person that we did the bonus episode with. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, so, so- it looks good. I feel like a child playing a Disney and Final Fantasy game. Like I'm a twenty-seven-year-old man playing Disney
1: and Final Fantasy by himself. Jordan, I just wanna say I've actually watched a lot of stuff about the plot of the previous Kingdom Heart games.
0: Yeah, because you have to know all the plot going into it because it is convoluted
1: as heck. I was going to say, you shouldn't feel bad because it's like the most complicated story ever. Oh, yeah. No, and the thing is, I've been following this since I was a child.
0: It's been like 17 years.
1: (laughs) And so... Oh, yeah, right. It has been forever.
0: Yeah, it's been 17 years. I've been, I have been played all but one of the spinoff games, so I know what's happening. And it's just like, Good Lord. this is the most complicated plot. And Mel hasn't play, is playing two right now. It's like, oh yeah, I want to play three with you. I'm like, bro, you still have three other games that you need to play to understand what's happening. No, no. And then the thing is, we're just going to watch YouTube videos like you just did. So it's, yeah, it's complicated. No, it's-, it's, it's over the top.
1: The two that you should watch and whatever, not to plug someone else in the middle of our show, but whatever. It's the polygon summary of the plot is amazing. And also so is uh, Barry, who used to be on Game Grumps, does a plot summary of it. They are both hilarious, Um, particularly the polygon one is really good.
0: Really I just want to fight some like guys in weird cloaks that have weird weapons. That's
1: really all I want to do. Yeah, for real. There's so many belts and so many zippers. Oh yeah, no no, that's a whole thing with Final Fantasy. Is the pants. Zippers, belts, and um
0: and convoluted plots.
1: Yeah, well yeah, I mean like, that Donald is fi- Duck has zippers on his hat for no reason. And okay, here's the weird thing for me. That's an area of like nerdy culture I am. I know nothing about. I have never played Final Fantasy. I know too much about it. I was telling Instant Three play like
0: plot points that they've missed between. The like they were asking me for like help understand it and it's just like, why do I still remember all of this?
1: yeah no that's like when i talk about minecraft and i suddenly get really embarrassed about myself yeah when you like, realize why that you know, know way this? too
0: much about this property that you shouldn't know that much about
1: yep i get getcha
0: but anyway so yeah i haven't started playing kingdom hearts i'll probably play it a little bit tomorrow and then this weekend so i will have an update next week um the so other will thing I.
1: so will i oh
0: yeah i am on I'm gonna part be five it. of jojo's bizarre venture or jojo's Bizarre adventures this time, um, because now the main character is Giorno Giovanni. So instead of JoJo, like Joseph Joestar and all the other ones, it's GioGio, which I freaking love that they did that. And it's like on the covers of the <laughs> of the manga is J G- uh, sorry G I O G I O GioJo. I love it, and just it. I love that every single part is its own different story, its own different thing. So the first one was like. The guy wanting to be a true gentleman and using the power of light to defeat an evil vampire. The second plot was like a legacy thing where it's this grandson of the guy from the first one. And he's using the power of light to defeat vampires who want to become the perfect living being. The third one is then they get rid of the power of light. And it's like now based on your telepathic abilities. And again, the... um grandson of the guy from the second um, story plot is trying to destroy the evil vampire for the first plot because his mom is going to die if they don't and then the fourth story is a small town murder mystery <laughs> that
1: that seems like it follows that makes and then sense And the
0: fifth one is great is now um dealing with it's set in italy and it's dealing with um mafia and um, trying to make up the ranks of the mafia so they can reform the Mafia in order to like you know, benefit everybody. That is the fifth story that I'm all right now. And it's just so crazy like a lot most of the characters or their stands, which is their telepathic ability, have um, their names are named after bands, music or movie, like movie references. So one of the stands yeah. recently was Black Sabbath. Another one that they thought, the one, the chapter that I just like finished was dealing with man in the mirror, <laughs> which was awesome. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson's the man in the mirror.
1: Oh, okay. I don't listen to a lot of Michael Jackson. Yeah. It just, with you. It just,
0: there's, there's been, um, purple haze is one. And just, they, huh. okay, that one. Again. like there's That's so many, just all the references are crazy. And now like the Italian guys, like they're all named after some sort of food. Like one of the guys was prosciutto. so it's just it's a really clever just really crazy anime it's like none of it follows but it's just so flamboyant so colorful so just creative that i love every second of geo geo's bizarre adventure. um apparently (laughs) netflix is getting the first season pretty soon oh cool the first nine episodes like bear with me the first nine episodes are a little hard to get through but the rest of the first season is great and from there, it just kicks off. Every season is better than the last. Part four is my favorite so far because small town murder mystery with weird
1: superpowers. That does kind of sound fun. I really the the one that you've mentioned recently that I need to go back for is uh, FLCO. Oh yes,
0: the two the two newest seasons. The second season yeah. is okay. The third season I thought was fantastic, phenomenal. Yeah. Like, neither well, of them I just, are going to be it. as good as the first season, but they are still just really, really good animes. The second season, less of one, but still. Anyways, sh- shall we get
1: into this episode? Cody? I mean, yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited. I know you're
0: not going to remember what Last World was.
1: Uh, but... Well, that depends. Are we counting the bonus
0: episode? Oh, let's let's count the bonus episode. Actually, it's yeah, then it's going to be a time paradox because that's coming out next week, but whatever.
1: Whatever it was, the last thing I did was the world based on the Satanic Panic, and I didn't really do that, you know. Yeah, no, that was
0: did. Ryan, um, Greg, and Josh from Rumor Flies. Please check out their podcast; they're really great guys, and it was really fun doing that episode with them.
1: It it like, was, and it was I I want to say this, it's because I think it's funny, but I feel a little bit bad. Did I tell you about how I had a lot of trouble finding their podcast because I thought it was Rumor Flies F L Y S, like they're flying. Yes. Not rumor flies like the
0: bugs. So yeah, I guess we could clarify. It's rumor flies like the bug,
1: F-L-I-E-S. I I am stupid. It took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, but no, it's a really good podcast. Like
0: I've said, the three other times they do basically mythbusters like stuff where they take a common misconception or rumor myth and then they either dispel it or they prove it correct so check them out really really cool guys i had a lo- I had a blast honestly
1: i did too i had and a good the
0: episode before that was our story episode the episode that oh, this is yeah act- that's right the episode that this is actually following was when cody made mansers out of my um video game world and i did a really great job doing his world Wait, did I do that? You, you Oh tr- gosh, yeah, I did. You turned him into a Not barbarian for no reason.
1: That was a good. That was actually pretty good. It I thought a that was a
0: fun story, decent. but like you literally like made my world about your world and i was like okay
1: fine that's not true that is exactly what you did it's kind of true it's a hundred percent true you know what was a little bit painful was when uh one of the people from rumor flies made fun of my mansers and i'm like oh other people listen to this
0: (laughs) which is awesome (laughs) that they actually listened to it it wasn't just like oh yeah we're doing this because you asked us to do this like They actually listen. It
1: it is. It's just, it it made me laugh, because I'm like, yeah, that would be the bottom of the barrel for me, so... Your uh, matches was fine, dude. Dolphin World was the bottom of the barrel. You know what? I talked to Zach about it. He disagrees with you. Dolphin World was awful. You should feel awful. He said Dolphin World was okay. He said Dolphin World was not that bad. okay means bad. (laughs)
0: Anyways, Thanks, you better get Jordan, to roll wanna... it to initiative because this is going to be a pretty long recording. I am,
1: I'm actually really excited about my stuff this week. I'm oh, not I think I'm going first. I rolled a 16. Okay, you for the first time in like four weeks, you're going first. I rolled a four.
0: Why am I holding up fingers? I rolled a four.
1: <laughs> well, Jordan, it's a podcast. No one knows how many fingers you're holding up. How many fingers am I holding up? Podcast? You'll never know. For the record, he was holding up four fingers. Anyways, you'll never know. I'm right. deleting what you said. <laughs> They'll never know. So, uh, Jordan, I mentioned to you today that I thought this world was a yellow card. And, and I don't know how you would do a yellow card with this prompt. The prompt
0: is a new setting for a Shakespeare or a common play. So
1: how do you mess up? You got very up? upset at me last time. You said specifically I was not allowed to do Romeo and Juliet. Did you do Romeo and Juliet? I ignored
0: you. You <laughs> told I did Romeo me. and Juliet. I asked you last week when we did the bonus episode, "Are you doing Romeo and Juliet?" You said, "No, I'm not going to do that." You literally lied directly to my face. I did twice. Yes, yes I did. You said, "No, I'm not going to yes. do it," and then you said, "No, I didn't do it." You are a sack of crap. Well, you are the worst. So let me TV tell you, th-
1: I'm not doing the show anymore. That- when you asked me if I had done it, see that was difficult because oh, I hadn't done it yet. Screw you and your semantics. Because I did this today, so uh, no, no, this is this is red card. <laughs> it's not a red card. It's still it's like the I said most don't popular do this, thing because
0: it's super easy to do the thing that's already been done fifty times.
1: Mind you, Every there is literally a movie thing. called
0: *Omeo and Juliet*. Jordan. How many
1: different retellings of Hamlet do you think there are?
0: Hey, Cody, how many different tellings of Midsummer Night's Dream do you think there are? Not many. A ton. I've been in one of them. Look, man, th- none of those are mainstream. Romeo and Juliet is the well, most. Well, no. Mo- Romeo and Juliet is the most mainstream play. You picked the easiest one to do.
1: Well, which one did you pick? A Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, I was in a fake version of that. You know what? Fine. You know what? Anyways. And I hate my world, which makes this even more insult to injury. I kind of like mine a lot, actually. That's that's the problem is like as soon as we said the prompt, I immediately had a Romeo and Juliet world that I wanted to do. And then when I said t- said I wasn't going to do Romeo and Juliet, I was going to make this a Hamlet setting. And then I tried, and it did not work. And I was like, "No, I'm just doing Romeo and Juliet, and it'll be a yellow card, anyways." All right. Um. So the setting of this. So I'm gonna do setting first, and I'm not a hundred percent sure about my sections. So we'll kind of. I'll stop at some point and let you go. Right. So this is set at the Peach Trees Commercial Plaza in 1996 two grocery stores both alike in service in rich preach trees where our action takes place from a history of competition break to new contest where fair competitors makes good service works hands unclean from forth the ranks of both stores of these foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers find their work doth their death bury their general manager's strife. The fearful, shift of their death marked love and the
0: um Cody,
1: you good and the con- sorry and the continuance of their manager's rage which but their employees and naught could remove is now the two hours traffic of our stage the which if you with patient ears attend what here shall miss our toil shall strife to mend what jordan
0: yeah, I don't have a question, I just wanna say screw you. Why? Just this whole thing. First of all, you did it in the tone of Shakespeare, which freaking kills me because I did it. I just wrote this how I do every other
1: world. Okay. This is the only part that's like that. I wrote no other dialogue. <laughs> oh, okay, thank God. Because I was gonna I was gonna feel
0: really crappy if like you did this no, whole I... big thing and I'm just like, and then and now, and Next...
1: No, I, I, I wanted to do that the whole time. Oh yeah, but you wrote it I yesterday kind of, so you didn't have time! It would, Jordan, that's not the problem. It would have taken me five hours to read the story. Because it would have been line-for-line line Shakespeare, except it's set in a grocery store. Peach Trees is a commercial plaza, so you know, it's like a shopping center. You know what I'm talking about, right? What? That's what a commercial plaza is? I was just making sure you understood they're not
0: commonly called that. Oh, I'm gonna be sassy this whole episode.
1: So, um there are two it's dominated by two main things, and that's S-Mart and Oscar's. It's separated by a black field interrupted with yellow lines and cement curves. Other strip store strip mall stores dot the parking lots strip settled wow, between wow, wow. these two settled between these two massive grocery stores. It is summer. The days are long and hot. Young people revel in the parking lots in the evenings. Their surroundings is a small town. So this is like a tiny little town where really the only thing in it is these two giant strip malls, right? Yeah. Or I should say these two giant grocery stores with strip malls in between. So that's just kind of where people hang out, you know? Um, But so to kind of talk about what other kind of stuff is in this like strip mall There's, you know, The Rock, which is a somewhat uncomprehensible, non-denominational Christian church. You mean Dwayne Bo Rock Johnson? No, I mean it's a a church called The Rock. Anyways, there's fast food dotted around. There's a 24-hour diner. There's a totally 21 clothes, fantastic footwear, a hobby zone, an office buy. So, you know, that's just kind of the setting, right? There's all these little other stores, two big grocery stores. And now a brief summary of our cast. So there's Oscar's employees. That's one of the grocery store. Obviously, there's our lead, Romeo. And then there's Mario, who's Romeo's best friend. He's a little bit older than Romeo. He's like kind of smooth. He talks about art. He can buy alcohol. He's probably smoked weed once. You know, he's a cool guy. Um, there's the general manager of Oscars. And then there is Rosie, who's a co-worker that works... In the register across from Romeo, and he spends most of his day staring at her. Flipping over, we have s Uh There's Juliet, obviously. She's Juliet. And then there's Debbie, Juliet's older friend, who's kind of like maternal, but less formal. She's just like her older mom-aged friend. Um, we all have And then one. there's Tyler. <laughs> and then there's Tyler. He's a very like prim, fashionable, kind of sassy character. He's very protective of Juliet, but not romantically interested. What? When do you stop talking? What do you mean? I'm, I'm just
0: giving you... Dude, I'm allowed to just give you a hard time because I'm upset. I let la- Okay, Cody, I lash out because I have issues.
1: Okay, okay. I mean, do you want me to stop no, and let you no, keep going? Because I'm you almost do done with this. You no, it's fine. it's fine. I have to lash out because I have issues. Are
0: you?
1: I like my world this week.
0: I, I'm i fine Anyways. with my world. I, I didn't like make up any fun names or do anything with that. I just kept it really kosher because I'm an idiot. And I knew you would do this. Too. I knew I should have known you were going to do this.
1: Okay. And then there's the general manager of S smart, obviously. And then some other random characters that you need to know about. There's pastor Chris. He is the shady, super gross, sketchy man or uh, pastor at the rock. Yikes. You know what I mean? You ever meet a pastor and you're like, you seem weird. He's that kind There's of guy. There's things that I know? can say, but I'm not going to say. He. My point is, Pastor Chris seems like the type of past. By the way, if you're a pastor and you listen to this show, I actually, <laughs> in my life, know a Pastor Chris. I did not write this with that person in mind, and now I feel a little bit bad. So I just want to say an apology to every pastor whose names happen to be Chris. This is not about you. Then we have the customers. They're just the audience and the commentators of the play. Um, then there is Percy. He is a like kind of foppish guy. He's very wealthy who comes in to flirt with Juliet. He's the son of Big Bill Parson. And then we have Big Bill Parson who owns the Peachtree Commercial Plaza. He drives a fancy car. He's very wealthy. All right. Jordan, hit me with your first section.
0: Why don't you hit me with
1: your first section?
0: Okay, no, no. so my world is called a midsummer night's failure because i feel like i did not do this justice but anyways all right all right i'm ready behold the great planet of Gracia, the center of life in this part of the universe Gracia is a vast planet that was once flourishing with greenery and wildlife. This starts out like every single world that I've created so far, but I tried. I really tried because I read one of our reviews, and I know exactly who wrote the review, that said that we never phone it in, so I didn't phone it in. But anyways, <laughs> though luscious, the land was very seldom split by rivers and lakes, leaving the planet one that is mostly made up of land. The water mostly flows underground as rivers, which is then pumped up through the ground for use by the inhabitants of Gratia. Also, a lot of this is just superfluous information. Now, ages after the dawn of man, the planet of Gracia is covered by the technology-driven city of Avalon. Avalon covers most of the planet and has many sectors, but is ruled by one leader. The cities are made up of tall buildings and man-made monuments. There are railways and many streets that are full of vehicles taking people from one place to another. Space travel is available but limited to the military and those in the king's court. At the city's core are the king's quarters, that towering palace that overlooks most of Avalon. The palace is mostly overlaid with gold and many ornate designs. The king's tower is said to touch the clouds themselves. The palace is host to the king's to the king and the many members of his royal family. Avalon is a rich nation, and most people are very well off. The working class is still treated with kindness and care. Avalon is truly a striving city. Due to the building of the vast cityscapes, most of the forested area around Gracia have been completely harvested, creating desert and dry lands. There are still forested areas, but the wastelands cover the areas between the cityscapes. Most civilians do not travel out in the wastelands, as they have no need to. Everything that they could want is in the great city of Avalon. The planet orbits a, the small star, and circling around Gracia is the moon Savon. Savon is also host to life as well. These pale moon people have technology, but they are not nearly as advanced as those on Gratia. They lead simpler lives and are not concerned with towering buildings and large kingdoms. They see the people of Gracia as stuck up or high and mighty. This has caused a rift in communications ever since the two have discovered each other. The surface of Savan is very rocky and mountainous. Those on Savan have carved their homes into the rock surfaces. There is no water on the surface of Savan, so like the Gratians, their water supply, and most of their food and crops are underground. The Savinians do not use technology as a center of their society, but they are still relatively advanced. Savon is ruled by a singular queen in a matriarchal society. The moon is constantly being eclipsed by Gracia, which has led to conflicts between the planets and the moon. The relationship between the two has been shaky at best for the last 200 years, but that will all change soon. Gracia and Savon and the star Yamjon are the center of the galaxy. In the night sky, you can see very far off stars, but these are few and far between. Unlike the night sky on Earth, the sky of Gracia and Savon are very empty. Gracia and Savon exist in the center of the dead zone, a meteor filled area of dead space. Thus, no one from Gratia or salvan have ever ventured out to see what was beyond because they believe that there is simply nothing, but
1: truly there is something. How am I doing, Cody? Is it as bad as I think it is? I'm interested. No, I'm just interested into how it's going to tie in. You okay. know what I mean? Like, it's an interesting setting. I don't remember the story well enough to understand what it, oh, all, fits in, how it all fits Oh, don't worry. i explain together. the story later. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Okay. All right, scene one, or act one, scene one. This doesn't exactly follow all the scenes, oh, but God. it's pretty close. Act one, scene one. The shopping cart brawl. Unnamed people in S-Mart and Oscar uniforms mill around the parking lot, picking up carts to return to their stores. The body language of the people grows more and more tense as they move towards the middle of the parking lot, until an S-Mart and Oscar employee grab the same shopping cart. Dun, dun, dun! They begin to tug on the cart, but neither will yield. Both people start yelling insults, profanity, and jabs at the other grocery store. Finally, the the S-Mart employee lets go of the cart, causing the Oscar employee to fall on the ground. The the S-Mart cart collector laughs until one of the Oscars employees punches him in the face. A brawl ensues until Big Bill Parson drives up in his fancy car and shouts for it to stop. He meets with both GMs of the stores, telling them if these stupid fights continue, he will pull the leases for both stores and bring in other other grocery stores to replace them. Meanwhile, Romeo stands moping under a tree, looking on the brawl. He spends most of his breaks out here, and also the timing works out so he can make moony eyes at Rosie as she comes into work. She arrives in an old Taurus, and Romeo just kind of like stands under the tree and stares at her. That, that's it you know what this reminds right, me scene of scene two what what side story well yeah it's because it's very similar i mean also it's the, the joke relationship what between... size story
0: is a romeo and juliet re- um retelling
1: it, it's it's a very romeo and juliet story yes and also i just find it hilarious that there's i forgot rose like uh her name's like rosaline yeah. or whatever in the actual story and it's just like the girl for romeo to forget that's her character is she's completely irrelevant <laughs> anyways Juliet stands behind her register at S-Mart. Enter Percy. He walks up and makes hacky small talk with her trying to flirt. He is wearing a pale polo, plaid shorts, uh, moccasins, and a sweater over his shoulders. It is summer. He walks into the store and returns with a bouquet of flowers. He buys them and then hands them to Juliet with like a little flirty wink. Debbie comes around and starts uh, needling Juliet. She thinks Percy is going to ask her out. Later that night, at the 24-hour diner, Mario and Romeo are sitting at the bar of the diner. Romeo is bemoaning how much he wishes Rosie would pay attention to him and generally being a sap. Enter Tyler and Juliet. They sit down at the table. At this point, no one is wearing their work uniforms. That's important to note. As soon as Juliet walks in, Romeo's mouth drops open. He is instantly smitten with Juliet and forgets that Rosie exists. Tyler gets up to use the bathroom. And Romeo, the word that I, oh, <laughs> I misspelled pterodactyls because pterodactyls yeah, has a pterodactyl. Romeo pterodactyls in and starts trying to, and starts sad boy flirting with Juliet, you know, which is where you act all mopey yep. and like damaged or like, you just don't, you know, you've like flips his hair a little bit, you know, it's the nineties. What are you going to do? Juliet is instantly. And for no reason, smitten with Romeo, who seems like the most amazing human being ever. Tyler comes back in. There's an awkward pause where like Romeo's flirting with Juliet and doesn't realize that Tyler's watching him. It's a whole awkward thing. And eventually he gets the picture and leaves. He goes back up to Mario to tell him that he is for sure getting married to Juliet. And Mario's like, didn't you just like two seconds ago tell me that you're in love with Rosie? And Romeo's like, who's Rosie? Rosie's dead. Juliet's the most perfect woman in the world. Mario rolls his eyes. The scene ends with Tyler confronting Romeo outside. He tells him that he knows he works for Oscar and, he's, and he thinks he's just trying to get in Juliet's pants like every other pig that comes up and talks to her. Romeo is like, no, my love is pure and we're getting married. And that's the end of this section for right okay.
0: now. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to tell the plot of Romeo and Juliet word for word, but you know what this um, reminds me of? The movie what? Warm Bodies.
1: You're, you're really I'm, gonna, harder, I'm, you? I'm going to do out. this with
0: every one of, um, retelling that I can remember. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> so my next section is decently short. Out in the dead zone does exist a planet, one that has been there since the dawn of time itself. The planet, or Ferris, as the inhabitants call it, is very small but completely covered in a thick forest. The dead zone debris and this planet all orbit the Tsar Iamjon, so they see the same light that Gracia and Savan see. The forested area is host to a great lake that splits off into many rivers. The inhabitants of this land are ancient forest spirits that have been in power for the be- uh, from the beginning of time. They rule over the animals that they have tamed over the long years, though if one person from Savan or Gracia were to land on this planet they could possibly be attacked by wild animals these forts forest spirits are mischievous and constantly playing tricks on each other but none of these spirits cross the line when it comes to oberon the king oberon rules alongside his queen titania if i remember i'm just gonna say tatiana because that's easier for me yeah. to remember well it's definitely Titan- not that fine, but yeah it's fine Their subjects respect and follow them, but most spirits are seen as equals amongst the other forest creatures. They do not have large cities or even structures. They live amongst the forest, moving from place to place daily. When it comes to the king and queen, they rule very loosely. The inhabitants are allowed to do as they please as long as they serve the king and queen. The spirits use magic, but the rules given by King Oberon are not to use magic to harm one another that has kept the world at peace thus far, but lately the king has become jealous of Queen Titania and wishes to make things even with her. The four spirits have the magic to make themselves unseen to the human or moon person eye. They have been watching events in Gracia and Savon for years and years now, wondering if either society will ever make it to Ferris, but as of now that is yet to happen. The spirits never interact with the goings-on of Gratia or Savon, but they do celebrate big moments in history, like the King of Avalon's coronation and the birth of the current Savani- Savinian queen. And that is my second section.
1: I forgot a lot of the plot of A Midsummer Night's I mean, Nights a lot screen, of it is I just filling in
0: to fit this world, not necessarily being the proper, like, exact retelling. Kind of like how Lion King isn't exactly a retelling of Hamlet.
1: All right, so anyways, uh, all right. The second act starts with, like, random cut scenes and, like, little vignettes of Romeo just staring longingly at Juliet in soft focus. He has dreams of frolicking with her through the parking lot. It's real pathetic. Juliet has similar daydreams. You just see her staring at Romeo as he walks into his crappy Civic Um, she has dreams about them having kids and she watches Romeo gather shopping carts and understand they are not dating at this time. They're not speaking to each other. They both are just staring at each other with longing expressions. They sound like the
0: grossest couple.
1: Totally obsessed. That's because when you read the plot of Romeo and Juliet, it is really dumb. No, really? Anyways. Romeo and Juliet is dumb? Eventually. After staring at Juliet long enough, Romeo decides he's going to make a bold, brazen move. He buys the nicest diamond, in air quotes, ring from Oscars, and he proposes to Juliet in the parking lot when she gets off work right in front of Tyler. They both run off hand in hand to get married. So, wherever could they get married, but... The sketchy church in the shopping mall right next to their grocery stores. So they go in... They talk to Pastor Chris, who is a super sketchy pastor, and conducts a wedding for them on the spot. This has a very Vegas vibe to it. You understand? It's very like Castle of Love wedding, you know, where it's like he does one of these every 15 minutes. Anyways, the vibe of the wedding is very weird. You know what I mean? It has like a very erotic tone. It is way too inappropriate there's way too many nods about being fruitful and multiplying and winks anyways not a classy wedding at this point we cut back to tyler he is staring angrily and swears vengeance against romeo day ends next day mario and romeo are walking into work um romeo was talking about how great marriage is he loves juliet they're gonna be happy forever In comes Tyler. He wants to fight Romeo. But Romeo is all like, no, you're Juliet's friend. We can just be friends. It's fine. But Tyler pushes him and tries to club him with a tire Holy crap. Yeah, well, you know, this is a tragedy, so it's way more murdery than I remember, too. Everyone dies in this, and I kind of forgot. Anyways, um, Mario intercedes. That's what a tragedy is. Right, so Mario jumps in, and he just gets clubbed in the head and killed.
0: Oh, my. Romeo
1: jumps up, angry that his friend. Angry that his friend has died, wrestles the tire iron from Tyler and clubs him over the head until he dies. This is There's this blood is like in everywhere. a grocery
0: store setting, though. So I'm just imagining just straight up bludgeoning deaths in a grocery store.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is like in the parking lot in broad daylight. There's just been just two like, murders. Just like anybody want some more? Anybody want some? Mario's dead. Tyler's dead. Romeo is covered in blood. He drops the tire iron and runs. And that'll be the end of this section.
0: You know what this reminds me of? The what? movie Romeo Must Die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you, you have... You, you're looking these up, aren't you? <laughs> no, of course not. I... <laughs> you definitely are. I saw you read that off of your computer monitor. You like clearly looked okay, over fine. and read fine. that. Do you know what
0: this kind of reminds me of, though? The plot what? of the Lion King Romeo 2. Romeo and Juliet.
1: Is it actually the plot kind of the Lion of, King they, 2? They take
0: liberties, it's not the it's really when it's, it's still star lovers that? who come from different families type thing is Lion King 2. Does does the pig die in that I movie? I don't freaking remember. I haven't seen it in probably seven years. I've never years. seen it. Jordan, hit me okay. with your next well, shot.
1: Fire away! Deer, 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 deer,
0: deer, deer. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm great
1: okay. i don't know what you're talking society about society
0: history the history of Gracia and savon is one of war and dislike ever since they have discovered each other through space travel the two kingdoms have been at each other's throats the Gracians see themselves as being better than those on savon the savinians dislike this because they view the affluent lives of the Gracians as unnecessary and bland who will want to spend their lives in a castle looking at vague and nondescript paintings the Moon orbits uh, sorry the moon Savon orbits Gracia, so according to Gracian belief, the Savinians should worship the Gracians, but the queens of Savon have not seen things like that. They have taken it as great disrespect that the planet Gracia has constantly eclipsed the moon, seeing these people as evil beings trying to take the light away from Savon. Hundreds of years ago, war has broken out I actually have um written myself
1: a plot hole
0: where i said they've been i said <laughs> they discovered each other 200 years ago and then hundreds of years ago the war has broken out
1: well yeah 200 yeah. years ago so, they discovered two, each other. so That's plural approximately hundreds.
0: 200 years ago the war has broken out and thus the constant <laughs> hatred between the two has spread but both planets are very similar there were those activists that saw each race as equals those who could coexist rather than constantly fighting they tried to promote these thoughts to the individual leaders, but still war raged on. From afar, the beings in Ferris have watched on as the two planets fought with each other, wondering if there would ever be peace between the two parties, but still war raged on. That's when King Oberon sent his closest and most trusted advisor to Gratian, Gratia and Savon to sow the seeds of a treaty behind the scenes. He used his power to influence King Theseus, closest advisor to promote a truce between the two kingdoms. But of course that did nothing as King Theseus's heart was already closed against the Savinian nation. That is what led to the next idea. The spirit Puck used his magic to create a loving bond between King Theseus of Avalon and Queen Hippolyta of Savon. That is what leads us to today. The soon-to-be union of the Queen of Savon and the King of Avalon will represent a peace treaty between the two lands. The spirits watch on from the Dead Zone, happy that the wars are finally over. And now we're almost caught up to where the actual play starts. Like, <laughs> 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 because, like, very, pretty much the play oh, starts no, with, I like, oh yeah, the so wedding much. of um, Theseus and is happening, and then all this other crap happens, so I wanted to set up the world in which this could all happen.
1: That uh, makes sense. I think that was what the prompt actually should have been. Not yeah, the idea, I followed the okay.
0: prompt. You have a yellow card. Suck it. I
1: like. I like the idea of Romeo and Juliet taking place in a shopping
0: of a murder grocery store. I love the idea of just blood splattered across the side that says like Happy's Grocery Store. I know that's not the name of your place, but anyways. As smart and Oscars, anyways. Uh, Oscars, just like oh my gosh, the ti- like. The title screen for this could be, like, Oscar. So, like, a blood splatter across it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we cut to a scene of the police coming in to question Juliet. They're informing her that her husband, her newly married husband, has just murdered her best her best friend in self-defense. You know, there was a scuffle in the parking lot, and they're like, hey, look, though, don't worry. Romeo's not in trouble. It was clearly self-defense. Um, So he's not wanted, but this devastates Juliet. Tyler was her best friend. Romeo killed her. She's really mad at Romeo. Percy is there and overhears. Remember, Percy is like the owner of this shopping center's yeah. son, right? Juliet is mad. She cries to Debbie. She's like, you know, my husband's a dick or a jerk. Sorry, I don't know if we're allowed to say that. <laughs> um, He murdered my best friend. But then Percy, having overheard this, kind of, like, tries to sidle in and, you know, put his arm around her. And he's like, you know, it's okay, Juliet. He's trying to put the moves on. He's trying to console Juliet. But she, like, shoves him off and is, you know, hey, I'm not really interested in dating right now. I'm not even divorced yet. So go away, please. Now Percy hates Romeo. He feels like Romeo has stepped in on his turf. He was like, Juliet was mine. I was clearly going to date her. And Romeo ruined that. At this point now, Juliet is slowly forgiving Romeo because of how creepy Percy was, yeah. right? She's like, okay, I was self-defense, you know, whatever. The scene cuts to Romeo going to find Juliet. He doesn't find her in s He finds Debbie. Debbie tells him, like, hey, Juliet hates you now. There's no way she's coming back with you because you murdered her best friend and you're a horrible person. This destroys romeo he is totally miserable his best friend is dead he's murdered somebody his wife is basically dead to him or hates him doesn't matter he's miserable he just walks away he goes out the back door by the trash cans at this point percy tries to jump him you know what i mean because percy's mad at romeo for getting with Juliet. So Percy runs up and is like, hey, you ruined my chances with Juliet. You're going to die. Bad news. Romeo kills Percy with a trash can lid. Right. (laughs) Just like bang, 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 bang. Percy's dead on the ground. Romeo collapses in a heap, miserable. He sees a pile of like really nasty trash nachos in the trash can and in his misery eats the trash can nachos and dies immediately from food poisoning. Oh, gross, dude. Juliet finds out from Debbie that Debbie told Romeo that she hates Romeo. And she's like, no, I don't hate Romeo. It's fine. We're going to make up. She runs out to see blood everywhere, Percy's dead body, and Romeo dead from poisoned nachos. She eats the nachos and also dies. So, here's the big question, Jordan. Did True Love's tragedy save both of these stores? You know what I mean? Did they manage to put aside their differences after everyone died the answer is no big bill parsons is enraged at the death of his son is mad at the crime scene that has become both of these shopping centers and shuts them both down and hires new stores i like that ending where it's just
0: like you know screw this we can't have these people murdering themselves and each other
1: at the grocery store so um (laughs) you're out I just like how the end of the play, it's like everyone hugs and loves each other. I'm like, why? Everyone's dead. Well, yeah, dead. that's why it's like,
0: oh, cool. The people I didn't like in the family are dead. So now we can be friends. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: and somehow the Prince of Verona is like, you guys learned your lesson by murdering each other in the streets. So I, I liked you are a complete retelling you your
0: maybe a couple seconds of world building. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, if I just did world building, I'd be like, "It's a gross. It's two grocery stores. What do you want?"
0: Yeah, that's why I said your your few seconds of world building and your actual um, retelling of the story.
1: You know what was really hurtful though was uh, I told Mandy my idea, and then she she just like came up with a much better way to do it. What was hers immediately? Well, she just described all these cool things you could do by like having them fighting in a grocery store and having them have like grocery themed duels. And I'm like, yeah, Mandy's way better at this. Why isn't
0: she my co-host?
1: I don't know, Jordan. Why don't you ask her? All right. Just fire me, the CEO of this podcast. First of all,
0: Mr. CEO, I can't fire you. Second of all, I would rather, like, I wouldn't do this with anybody else. You're the perfect co host.
1: Jordan, I think you could fire me. I'm pretty sure you could fire me. First I mean, of
0: all. you're the CEO. I'm just the grunt worker, Mr.
1: CEO. That's true.
0: That's I, I did enjoy true. how that I called that out too. on the um, <laughs> rumor flies. I'm so like, sorry, <laughs> Mr. CEO. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I did like my answer though, when you're like, "How can you be the CEO when you do no work?" I'm like, "Exactly, I delegate it to you." That's my <laughs> job. Which is like, I laughed so
0: hard at that because it was like, "It's, ugh, it's so true."
1: It is. I delegate the work by not doing it, and yeah, you know, that's that's what CEOs do, man. That is what. Yeah, I, you is, go like, on your golf trip.
0: while so. I do all the work.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. And by golf trip, you mean having a baby. <laughs> well, I mean, at least your baby's now cute. Now he feels bad? oh i gotta send you i i have a picture of him in the onesie you bought for
0: oh cool please send that oh my gosh also we are way off topic i haven't finished
1: my world we're way off topic yeah not by me yeah because because you don't do crap exactly i delegate okay anyways all right jordan finish us out so
0: here's my last section society current or as i like to call it drama time The incoming wedding of Hippolyta of Savon and Theseus of Avalon approaches. Both lands were hesitant at first but now welcome the union as no one really wanted to carry out a nonsensical war. In the wake of the wedding, the king's closest advisor, Aegeus, hopes to wed his daughter Hermia to Demetrius, a rich noble close to the king's court. But as these things go, Hermia does not love Demetrius and instead is in love with her childhood friend Lysander. To make things even more complicated, Hermia's closest friend is in love with Demetrius, making this a whole mess. You know, love. It is super fun. To rebel against her father and marry the one she belongs with, Hermia has decided to run away to the dead zone with Lysander. Lysander. With Lysol. It has been rumored that many new worlds and wonders exist on the outside of the dead zone. If they can just make it through. They can find true freedom. But of course, Demetrius and Helena catch on to this plan and chase after their friends. All the while, the king has hired his son Nick and his misfit friends to be the entertainment for the wedding. His son, to put it lightly, is a freaking failure, as are his closest friends. They have never been good at what they do, but they consistently try at every single chance the king gives. This time though, they are going to get it right. They want to put on an excellent musical act, though none of them can really sing or play instruments. A child's garage band featuring a 10 minute recorder solo would be better than Nick's band. So in order to practice without interruption and severe judgment by the king, Nick and his five bandmates decide to fight empty space in the dead zone. Meanwhile, in Ferris, of course, things haven't been too kosher. The King and Queen have been getting along well, and uh, Queen Titania has found favor in another. Jealous, angry, and ready to bring down righteous wrath with his magical skills, King Oberon wishes to use his power to get back at Titania. That chance will provide itself soon. The two lovers, Lysander and Hermia, and their pursuing friends all happened to navigate through the dead zone perfectly, but of course, one little hitch. They crash into a small freighter that held the band Bottom Feeder and sent all three ships crashing to the surface of Ferris, where our story begins. So, more or less, my vision with this whole thing was a weird episode arc of Star Trek. <laughs> so you have your lovers wanting to run away you i like get that. the big city chase by demetrius and company this leads to like a quick space battle where they're like kind of weaving in and out of meteors and then finally they crash into this like b-plot freighter that happens to be nick and his band bottom feeder which haha i kept the name bottom and then they all crash down to ferris and the rest of the for- story is on ferris where they kind of like deal with the forest spirits, kind of explore what's going on, and then it's also this weird love plot that is presented in the original Shakespeare's play all at the same time. So I don't know if what I did worked, but I I just wanted to have, like, a Star Trek version of Midsummer's Night's Dream, and I, I think I got a pretty good feel for all of it.
1: No, I, I liked that. I liked that. I was laughing at the part where, um, like, you started out with this really serious sci-fi setting, and then you're like, and then there was a band. They were terrible, and I'm like,
0: what? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I wanted to like have my differences because it's just to write a setting. It's not to completely copy the whole play and make it anew. Right. So it's like instead of them doing this like um, Pyramus and Thisbe like play that they do at the end of *Midsummer Night's Dream*, I was like, what's another thing that would be appropriate for a wedding like in the future? Oh, a cool musical act, but. Of course, like in the play, they're all bad at what they do, and so therefore the bad bottom feeder has to be just this awful thing, and kind of the comic relief of the whole story arc. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, so yeah, so that's what I wanted to do. At really, I don't hate it as much as I did when I started reading it. Like, I think it went over fine.
1: No, it is definitely not as bad as you made it sound. To yeah.
0: You. Yeah, I, I, I think it's better than I made it
1: out to be. But anywho. Uh, Alright, Jordan, you ready for me to roll our next world? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is weird because I've rolled the last, like, bunch of them.
1: Yep. Hang on. What number? Just tell me. Okay, so I rolled an 8, which is the world that I just added called Describe the World That You Would Most Like to Live In.
0: I feel like we've already done that with the, um, the dream world of our co-host and why.
1: So I rolled a 13. A world based off a specific time period. We can do okay. We didn't technically, <laughs> we didn't technically do number eight, so you can pick eight or thirteen. Because I was a little harsh on you. No, no, no. Eighteen. A world without no, okay. Okay, wait. Eight which, or thirteen. Let's do eight. Eight? Let's do eight. Because it gets it gets us it gets us to do the other like you know what I mean? Because the other one was about our co hosts, this, this one's is about ourselves. About ourselves. I mean, I'm just saying like
0: pretty much my world where i had the three different races which was the ponies the edge lords and the anime babes take out the ponies leave in like the giant demons and leave in the animated babes only they don't want to kill me and then that's the world
1: gross gross (laughs) it's a joke i don't want to hear about your sex world so anyways jordan made demonic sex planet awesome (laughs)
0: Demonic sex.
1: Life. Oh jeez. That. Oh man. That. I mean, look. I'm into that. I just didn't know you were. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Demonic sex. Life. Okay. Anyways, um, closing out the show. Cody, will you please plug the
1: Wandering Gamer Network or anything else you want to plug? Sorry. I I don't know what happened there. My brain just shut. <laughs> up. Hey,
0: Cody. Can you, you talk about me your podcast something.
1: stuff? What? <laughs> Like, you, honestly, you told me to plug something, and I tried to think of it, and it did not come to mind. Anyways, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. Um, the website has both my other podcast, which is just called the Wandering Gamer Network, and World Shop. The Wandering Gamer Network is actual play podcasts where we play games like d and D. A A long time ago now, we did play Fantasy Flight Star Wars. Most recently, we've also played Crystal Heart and City of Mist, and a bunch of other systems, so check us out there. Quick question. Um, I think that's it. Is Crystal yeah. Heart over now? Um, Yeah, so, yes and no. I finished a story in Crystal Heart, and right now we're not continuing it, but we might sometime in the future. But there was, like, a full resolution of a story. Okay, Does that make so, sense?
0: So at least the story arc is over.
1: Yeah. So our D and D campaign is like very long term and is still one story that's still going. Crystal Heart had a beginning, middle, and end and is now over. Same thing with City of Mist. Okay. That, had a that's fine. Middle, I was, I was just wondering since, like, you
0: said, oh yeah, was, we long time ago we did Crystal Heart. So I was just like, I didn't know it was done. Well, the story was done.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the way I end up running games. I do like. Shorter campaigns because I want there to be an actual end and like a which is more easily followed story progression. So I kind of so, do that. I mean, like that's
0: I think a good way to do it and a good jumping point for people who want to like get into listening to actual play podcasts to have something that has like a because de- I like things that have a definite end. So I'm not like spending the rest of my life waiting for episodes to come out.
1: If that's the case, what I would suggest is listen to our City of Mist actual play. Which I believe is called Phoenix Investigations. Um, it is probably the best contained story we have, yeah, you yeah. know. Because, like I said, the D and D one is ongoing still because it's just really long, and the Crystal Heart one is fine. But I think City of Mist, we just I did a better job on that one. Um, so yeah, that that's what I would check yeah, out.
0: No, those sound great. Um, I've listened to a bit of Crystal Heart. Then, like I have so many podcasts that I listen. To. Ew.
1: But um yeah. No 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 that was a great that was a great plug, Jordan. You just want to tell everyone you no, didn't no, like I, it. It's fine. No. no, I understand. Okay, we're doing this right now. I really, really did like it, but
0: the fact is when I'm working, I just need noise in the background. I cannot focus on an actual story. That's why I don't listen to Critical Role and things like that during work, because I like to actually get into the story. So I only listen to um a little bit of Crystal Heart because I work I only listen really listen to podcasts when I'm working. Because when I'm not at work, I'm doing this, Whoa. editing or writing for this, or I'm um studying for a test I'm gonna be taking. So not so people Crystal Heart is actually good despite Cody trying to put me on the spot. Just go listen to it. I just cannot listen to it because I work.
1: I, I am the opposite. I listen to podcasts at work a lot, but and I like enjoy more narrative yeah, I, I just need noise you know so i, I mean? listen
0: to just a lot of random ones where it's just talking in the background
1: because yeah, i mean i, I ruined that. myself
0: I in college because um i always studied and did stuff with music or some sort of tv show or something going on so now i cannot work in complete silence no, it's yeah, like, me nuts. It, like I, I I get I, I get have weird. Destroy like I did that to myself. That's why I had like massive test anxiety because I was not used to working without music.
1: Yeah, yeah. I almost wish that you could listen to music while taking tests in college. Like it I would have so had so much
0: less anxiety and would have done so much better if I had music during tests, but you know, you can't
1: do that. Anyways. Oh, hey, okay, no, wait. I have a weird suggestion for people to get test anxiety. This is what I did all through college. Bring a hard candy with you, and if you get freaked out, take a minute and eat the candy. Um, one of my
0: friends in college would always bring like, a ton of snacks with her <laughs> before the exam. Yep. And it was just so fun. It was just so funny. She
1: would sit out and like, spread out her snacks, and it was the funniest thing ever. It's a good way to distract yourself if you get freaked out.
0: <laughs> but it, anyways, the thing I want to plug, um, I am doing my Twitch streams Sundays from 6.30 to 8.30. Um, I've been playing Outlast 2 recently and complaining about it all the way, but it's been really fun. Um, I plan to do, like switch it up every now and then, but right now I'm on the Outlast kick because it's what I wouldn't be doing. Um, so you can check me out at twitch.tv slash something, I guess, zero zero. I will be posting the link in the um episode descriptions i just realized i could have been doing that this whole freaking time and haven't been also if you've got <laughs> this far the episode and are still listening could you please if you enjoy our show um rate subscribe and or write a review on itunes because that would really help us out either that
1: or just spread the word to friends so I was gonna say, tell your friends about us. It's not embarrassing. Yeah, no, maybe. it's not embarrassing. Um, we're gonna have a Twitter coming up soon. I just have to get off my lazy butt and do it. And other than that, you haven't made a Twitter what? yet, Jordan. Jordan, I delegated. I de delegated that to you by not doing it myself. We talked about and this. Guess what, Cody? I'm gonna do. I'm sorry, boss. I'm gonna do it. All right. You know what? That's gonna be reflected in your yearly review. All right. I just need you to know Cody, I'm
0: going to fire you if you keep talking like this.
1: Anywho, (laughs) this has been World Shop. I fired you first. You can't fire me. This has been World Shop. It's been a really fun
0: time. (laughs) This is going to be a fun episode to edit. Um, Yeah, so you'll check us out (laughs) next week where we write a world. um, What was it again? That we want to live in. Um, In between that episode will probably be another episode with me and Sabrina because we still have to do our world based off of a song of our choice. So yeah, check us out later. Bye. Bye.